after two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants. I'm Raphael Bender, your host. Today I want to talk about a topic that uh, I get questions on fairly regularly and I have to confess I don't know the answer, but I've got some theories about the answer. So I'm going to share those theories with you. And the question is, why do muscles shake when we work them hard? So We've probably all been there in a plank or, you know, holding that deep lunge pause for an interminable moment and uh, your muscles start shaking. So what causes that? Well, like I said, I don't know. And I think I don't know because I don't think anyone knows. I don't think this is a subject that's been studied because I spent about two hours on Google Scholar last weekend trying to find the answer and I couldn't find anything. So either I'm just totally looking in the wrong place um, or no one's ever studied this. But I do have some thoughts on this topic based uh, obviously not on uh, direct research on why do muscles shake, but based on the underlying physiology of what happens when you load your muscles at a submaximal level. Uh, so that I think, uh, that definitely do fit the facts and I think make a pretty, pretty plausible explanation. So here are my thoughts on why muscles shake. And it's got to do with the way that muscles are recruited 
relative to the amount of load you're working against. So a muscle is made up, so stick with me, we're going to do some physiology. Muscles are made up of muscle fibers, and a muscle fiber is a muscle cell. Muscle fiber and muscle cell mean the same thing. And a muscle fiber or a muscle cell runs generally, if we're talking about, you know, a long muscle like, say, the the biceps in the arm, uh, runs the, you know, pretty much the full length of the muscle. And it's very, very thin, like thinner than the thinnest human hair that you could see with the naked eye, even if you had 20-20 vision. So they're very, very narrow, less than kind of uh, six tenths, six uh, hundredths of a millimeter across. And therefore, if you've already done a little bit of mental math, you know your biceps muscle in your arm, doesn't matter how weak you are, it's probably a fair bit bigger than six one hundredths of a millimeter wide. So you've probably got more than one muscle fiber in that muscle. In fact, you've probably got several thousand muscle fibers in most of your large muscles in the body, um, you know, legs, arms, abs, back, etc. And that would range anywhere from, you know, four to seven thousand-ish, roughly, muscle fibers per muscle. And the muscle fiber is the part that contracts. So each muscle fiber is filled with contractile proteins that contract and cause the fiber to shorten. And when they contract, the fiber shortens. And when the fiber shortens, it pulls on each end of the muscle. And at each end of the muscle is a tendon. And at the other end of each tendon is a bone. So the fiber pulls the two bones closer together. And in the case of your biceps, it's pulling your shoulder joint and your forearm bone closer together. So why do we have four or five or six or 7,000 muscle fibers in any given muscle? Why not just have one really big muscle fiber? Well, the answer is that muscle fibers don't contract partially. They can only contract fully or not at all. You've probably heard of slow twitch and fast twitch muscle fibers. And the name is true. Muscle fibers, when they contract, they twitch. So they contract momentarily at full force. So basically a muscle fiber doesn't have the ability to partially contract or somewhat contract. It can only contract fully or not contract. Those are the only two things it can basically do in when it comes to contraction. And slow twitch muscle fibers just contract more slowly. So they twitch more slowly, whereas fast twitch muscle fibers twitch faster. And But when we say slower and faster, we're talking in milliseconds difference here. So they're still both, you know, relatively speaking, fairly fast. So if you've got, let's, let's say, you know, 4,000 muscle fibers in your biceps and you pick up something that requires you to contract your biceps at about 25% of its full force, you know, maybe you're picking up a light-ish weight, a bottle of water or something. And so you only need 25% of the power 
of the force production capacity of that biceps muscle organ. Well, how do we contract the muscle with only 25% of its force? Given that the muscle is made of muscle fibers and the muscle fibers are the things that have the contractile parts in them and each muscle fiber can only either fully contract or not contract at all. And the answer, dear listener, and maybe you've already figured this out, is that we contract about 25% of the fibres. And the other 75% don't contract. And thus we produce 25% of the force that that muscle is capable of producing. So when we partially contract a muscle, you know, when we recruit it at less than 100% of its full force capability, what we're actually doing is recruiting less than 100% of the fibres in the muscle. And that's a pretty clever way that our body has figured out how to produce less force from a muscle where the force-producing components only have an on-off switch. They don't have a dimmer. So when we pick up that light object, say the bottle of water, and we're using only 25% of our muscle fibers, the 25% of muscle fibers that are contracting are contracting with full force. And the other 75% of muscle fibers are not contracting at all. And if we continue to work those muscle fibers, you know, we continue to hold up the bottle of water, for example, well, they need to, they twitch, and then they need to immediately twitch again, and then immediately twitch again. And that's how we do a sustained contraction. The muscle fibers just are stimulated repeatedly, like within milliseconds, and they just twitch and twitch and twitch and twitch. And when I say twitch, I mean they shorten and then release. But the time in between twitches is so short that they, so small that they actually don't get to release. If we continue to hold up that light load, after a little while, those first 25% of muscle fibers will become fatigued. They'll be become fatigued because waste products of muscle metabolism, so muscle energy production, waste products of that process will build up inside the muscle cell. There'll be calcium ions floating around in there and hydrogen ions, possibly lactate, other things. And that will cause that will create an environment which makes it very difficult for the muscle fiber to contract. And some of those muscle fibers will stop contracting. And some of them will contract with less force. And overall, now instead of producing 25% of the maximum force we could produce, we're now producing maybe 10% of the force we could produce because some of those muscle fibers have turned off because they're full of calcium ions. Other ones are still going, but they're kind of contracting weakly because they're half full of calcium ions. And so if we want to continue to hold up that water bottle, we have to recruit more muscle fibers. So now we recruit another 25%, the next 25% of muscle fibers, and they twitch, and now we can hold the water bottle. And that first lot of muscle fibers can take a break and start to rinse out those metabolites that they've accumulated and recover, you know, put that those calcium ions back into the 
placed where they're meant to be instead of floating around inside the cytoplasm, inside the muscle cell. And so now we've got our second lot of 25% of muscle fibers firing. And if we keep holding that bottle of water, by and by, those second lot of 25% of muscle fibers, they're going to fatigue too. And no problem, we've got a third lot of 25%, and the third lot will kick in when the second lot are fatigued. Now, depending on how light the load is, it may be the case that by the time we get through all of our muscle fibers, so by the time we're the third lot of 25% of fatigued and the fourth lot kicks in, and by the time they're fatigued, it may be that the first lot are ready to go again. And so we can just keep going and cycling through those four groups of muscle fibers. Or it may be the case that for a load that is a bit heavier, so if we pick up something maybe that's like 50 or 60% or 70% of our maximum, maybe we're doing a plank or a long stretch on the reformer and our abs are working, not maximum, but they're working you know, fairly hard. And so we kick in 70% of our muscle fibers and we do our plank. We're now talking about our abs working. Okay, so 70%, let's say we're working at a plank and we're doing, you know, it's pretty hard plank. And 70% of our muscle fibers are working flat out and 30% are not working at all. And by and by, those 70% start to fatigue. And some of them start to fatigue a bit quicker because they're fast twitch fibers and they fatigue quicker. Fast twitch fibers are more fatigable. Slow twitch fibers, they contract more slowly and also fatigue more slowly. So some of the fast twitch fibers start to fatigue and they're producing almost no force, but some of the slow twitch fibers are still going. So it's not like we're going from 70% force to zero, we might go to from 70% to about 50%. You know, some of those fibers start to fatigue. And that's all right, because now we can kick in 20% extra fibers that we had, because we had 30% just doing nothing. So now we'll just kick kick in 20% of those, and they can take over from the fibers that fatigued. And the fibers that fatigue get a rest, and they get to start to recuperate, recover from the fatigue, get ready to go again. And the new fibers can take over, but the new fibers take over, but now more fibers start to fatigue. And we have to kick in the last 10% of those fibers that were resting. And now we're good again. But now even more fibers start to fatigue and we've got no fresh fibers to recruit. So what do we do? We recruit some fibers that we originally recruited, some of that original 70% of fibers that we recruited, that have had a bit of a rest, but they probably haven't had enough of a rest to be fully fresh. They're still somewhat fatigued. So they come, they turn on, And they're good to go, but pretty, almost straight away, they start to fatigue again because they were still pretty fatigued even when we recruited them. So now they need to take a break. And the fibers that we've got to replace them are the fibers that we only turned on half a second ago. Those last 20 or 30% of fibers, they haven't had much of a break. So now they turn on and then they turn off again pretty much straight away because they're fatigued. And then the other ones kick in, but they're fatigued, so they turn off again straight away. So we alternate and ping pong back and forth between these fibers that are turning on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. And we're swapping out these fibers in quick succession. 
And that causes the muscle to contract as the new fibers are recruited and then to start to relax as those fibers fatigue before we can recruit the next lot and so on and so forth. And that can cause shaking potentially. Well, let's say that is a plausible explanation, in my view, of why muscles shake. It's uh, possibly the cycling of different groups of muscle fibers, they're called a motor unit, a group of muscle fibers, between being recruited and fatiguing. And as we get close to fatigue, close to our maximum ability, we don't have enough muscle fibers to keep the contraction smooth, so we end up leaving little gaps in there, in like a like micro break of a few milliseconds, while we just let that those fibers rest just a little bit longer. And uh, that, my dear friends, is my current best guess at why muscles shake. So let me know. Does that make sense to you? Do you have a better explanation? Hit me up on Instagram. My uh, profile's in the show notes. I'd love to know your thoughts. Hope you found this interesting. I hope you found it useful. And much love. And I'll see you in the next one. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means you keep doing the skills under supervision until you're good at them. It's more of a mentorship model than a traditional course model. So Rather than rushing through the content and having sort of one go at everything, you actually just practice live and we give you feedback and guidance and we dialogue and explore concepts together until you're highly skilled and confident. We just keep working the material until you get it. It's not rushed at all. It's not about ticking off the content. It's about engaging, practicing and applying it until you own it. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.